Welcome to the American Soccer Show, Eric Alcantara, with Corn Beef Enthusiast, Emmett McConnell. We're here to talk all things soccer in America on this show. We'll go around the league for the third week of MLS, as well as talk about the U.S. men's national team roster that was announced yesterday. We'll also head across the pond to talk about the biggest games in Europe this past week. But, uh, Emmett, I want to start. How was your St. Patrick's Day weekend? Well, like any good Irishman slash corned beef enthusiast, I made corned beef, cabbage, carrots, and potatoes to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and the occasional beer, of course, what St. Patrick's Day would be complete without. Did you go to the river dying? I went to the Green River. I saw it. I don't need to see it again. <laughs> I, and you know what? I was, you know how I feel now. I was, one of my housemates woke up early and went at 9 and then sent a picture to the entire group that, of, of the river. And there was, a big, there was like a group of people who were going to go down and see it later. And at that point, I was like, well... Saw a picture of it. Do we really even need to go now? The we, river... We ruined it for all of us, Nick. I th- <laughs> he just <laughs> outed him on our podcast. Uh, what I was going to say was that it's funny that the, river's, <laughs> the river is almost always green. Like, anyway, it's just now it's like a... Like, in the summer, it's like a blue-green. Like yeah. It's, now, it's, now it's just a really light, like, it's Irish like green. like Shrek green. Yeah. Kelly green. Oh, I like that Shrek green. Yeah, that's what that's... I called it at the, at the river, and a bunch of people were like, ooh, that's nice. I like it. I like it. But I didn't know. <laughs> All right, you ready to get this going? Yeah. Sure. Well, we're going to start with um, your Philadelphia Union, who drew nil-nil with the Columbus Crew. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this off to you. What did you think? It was boring. I watched the game on my phone at the party before we went down to the river, sitting in the corner while people were watching basketball on the TV. I'm disappointed I wasn't there now. Yeah, you would have seen like me would watching on my phone. It's like it's like what like 480p. And like, quality, like I couldn't tell who was who. But there was yellow <laughs> players and there were blue players, and I could play, I could differentiate that way. I, Columbus was the better team, I thought. The Union had the strategy, we're going to press. We're going to press high and win it twice, maybe, all game. They pressed high and won it. Columbus looked better than me. They didn't get the, the goal. Neither team really looked like they are going to score, to be honest. Columbus maybe most likely, but they kind of choked in front of that. Union didn't really get any real chances, so... So like any good show, rather than continue to talk about this nil-nil draw, which is actually the first of the season, by the way, so leave it to the Union to provide us with the most exciting game so far. Yes. Well, you know, you need some defense eventually in the league. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's what it is. Uh, the attendance figure was 15,000-plus, and I saw pictures of that stadium. There were not 15,000 people there. I saw that as well. <laughs> 5,000? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's hard to tell when the stadium's big and there's like people just filling out. Big. It's like an eighteen thousand person capacity. I mean, like in terms. The thing is, if it was fifteen thousand, if an eighteen, that's even worse. If it was like a twenty-five thousand person capacity, and there were fifteen thousand there, it would be oh okay, you know, like it's slightly more than half. But it's eighteen thousand capacity. So with fifteen thousand there, you, if, you know, you know. Because that would be full. <laughs> yeah. There'd be I'm, only 3,000 empty seats. I'm not calling out the union either. Like, it, every every team does this. They fudge the attendance numbers. Well, I think it's, it's paid, works, paid attendance, right? right? It's, yeah. it's paid attendance. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to call them out, although the Columbus Crew fans are, apparently, because they're not happy that they're the only team in the league that actually gets turnstile attendance, is what they've oh, said. Oh, as opposed to... Yeah, as, like, Well, because attendance. the Columbus Crew is trying to specifically lower their numbers exactly. so they can move to Austin. Now, when I say Columbus Crew, of course, I mean Anthony Precourt, but, you know, owner... Uh, yeah, that's. I think most teams do uh, paid attendance. That includes giveaways and raffles and all that stuff. Where people get tickets for free. It was St. Patrick's Day. 
Philadelphia celebrates it potentially more than Chicago. It's got a big Irish population. I never did understand the obsession with St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day, Day among non-Irish people. Yeah, some sort of romanticism of it's like Cinco de Mayo. Culture. Like, it, it, the, you know, it's my equivalent. How many I guess. Mexicans celebrate Cinco de Mayo? None. None. Right? That's the that's the best part. No, and I'm, I ask an American on the street. Yeah, guarantee you their answer is, oh, it's you know, it's Mexican Independence Day. Yep. Which is, as we both know, wrong. <laughs> it's in September, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. Actual Independence Battle yeah. of the Pueblo. Yes. See, yeah. I am not uncultured swine, as you may think. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, let's let's move on to something more exciting. Uh, Minnesota United to Chicago Fire one. So it's back to back losses to start the season for the Fire. Uh, I thought it was interesting if you saw the lineup that the Fire put out on social media before the game. They had Kevin Ellis playing left back and Brandon Vincent playing in the middle. And at first I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Brandon Vincent moving to center back. And then it dawned on me that, wait a minute, Ellis can't play left back. This is ridiculous. This isn't going to work. And then I tuned in and I realized that they just had it flipped around. And if you go back and like look at the game or you look at his heat map afterwards, Brandon Vincent does end up playing uh, at left back. And I actually think that's part of the, uh, the thing here is that this was like a really mediocre game by every single player on the field. I don't know that I would talk about any of them as if they had played well. The only exception, I guess, I'd have to give it to is Richard Sanchez, and only because he played better than the first game that he played in, where he looked shocking at times. He's still giving up way too many rebounds. Like, he's still, like, punching the ball when it's not necessary. He's still coming off his line and giving up. There's one part in the game where he comes out. I I can't remember who was making the run for Minnesota. But he comes off his line, and he, like, heads it out of bounds. It it just, like, it, it worries me. How much, how much he like he does that. And so hopefully he can keep around there. I think at this point it's clear that he is not MLS starter level caliber, but they're going to have to deal with it because there's just there are no other options on this team that are going to come out of nowhere and fix this problem. It seemed like a big switch up from last game. Because they had, what, one, two, three new starters. Yeah, Collier. They kind of switched their general shape. Solignac through the middle now. While Schweinsteiger tracks back more, Solignac, he played as a number ten, right? Uh, no, see, that's 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 a, like a that's actually board. another that's actually another mistake that they made. Solignac is listed in the middle, but he that's Katai that played behind Nikolic. Katai did, yeah, and that makes sense. He's he's you know a little bit slower, a little more methodical on the ball. Ramos didn't impress me at right back. That's that's another thing. He, he lost his marks a couple times. He just they just drifted past him. That's a worrying thought because that's actually a guy who was supposed to be like a, the only position on the field where I actually felt if something happened to in this case Polster, that I'd feel like okay, well there's a natural replacement. Uh, that that was not good. That that cannot continue because uh, you know Polster is not the most integral part of this team. But I tell you what, it's night and day with him and Ramos. Polster, I could say before Polster is a good right back. Ramos, that last goal, he just he just loses his guy. He just goes past him. Don't get me wrong, it's a great cross. It was, but it was. He has he doesn't have any business drifting into the middle of the goal. There, you have someone at the front post. He was supposed to be covering the back post, and he drifted too far in, and he was wide open at the back stick. So, give him time. I'm guessing. You know, you can always say, always yeah, say the thing. Give him time. I don't know. Would it be interesting? I don't know if they have the personnel to do this. But there's, there's, like, among Fire fans, one of the things is, like, could they go back to being five at the back? It's possible that this team could work in that sort of setup because Brandon Vincent, as a left wing back, may not be perfect because his offense is just non existent most of the time. And then 
Ramos or Polster. I think Polster would actually be a pretty good right wing back. So, and then in the middle though, like Kapelhoff, uh, Campbell when he comes back, that's that's solid. But then the third uh, center back, Ellis or Dean, like that, that's that's pushing it. Well, would you so rather you, have Vincent? There, you could play Vincent in the back. A natural that, center back. He's got more defensive qualities. Plus, if if they play in a style that's kind of a little more lopsided, uh, say their left wing back was someone who's you know. Not exactly defense oriented, like Solonyak or even Katai. Yeah, I was someone who's going to generally push forward. Then Vincent would play almost like a a left back, like he does now. Yeah, I mean you could Bolster do it. Would be pushing forward, and then they would just kind of play the three at the back with those guys, and then you wouldn't have a right winger. They would be uh, drifting under the forward, and then you could play a three man midfield with Schweinsteiger, um, Chani, and McCarty. You could do it. Um, it'd be interesting, I guess. I, the The thing about it is that, like, okay, so you do that. Like, let's say we they do do a five three two, we'll call it, and you do Channy, McCarty, Schweinsteiger, Nikolic. Obviously, will be playing forward. Katai playing as the secondary striker. At, at that point, Katai would have to play. Oh, this is kind of like how Conte lines up. Well, was lining up Chelsea at one point this season, where he would play the five at the back. He'd play three in the midfield, and then he'd play Eden Hazard uh, next to. Alvaro Morata, and the, he would Hazard just goes wherever he wants. I, I think maybe you give that kind of freedom because he's a really smart player. But does he have that ability? That's, you're putting a lot of that's a lot. That's a big role to give. Putting to a lot of them. I was thinking more uh, akin where you line up in a four-four-two. Uh, Barcelona does this, uh, of course. Chicago Fire, <laughs> World Cup winners. Yes, could be better than Barcelona. But I digress. Where Iniesta plays on the left as left winger, Usman Dembele on the right, and Usman actually stays on the touchline and stays wide. And then the right back in that case, uh, it would actually be flipped in this case. Um, Sergio Roberto doesn't overlap. He actually underlaps and stays within Usman Dembele. They could do something like that. Again, this is just, you know, kind of hearsay. This is just throwing some darts at the wall because they're 0-2. Like, something's going to have to change if they want this to but, work. But here's the thing. Going in the road is always tough, right? Yeah. Your first game, Kansas Sporting Kansas City put four by you. That was probably more worrisome. This one, you give up, you lose 2-1. In Minnesota, I mean, listen. The to a team without a designated player because they're... Uh, but they've looked good this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're getting better. They're getting better, and, you know, Adrian Heat's going to do a good job there. I, one other thing I wanted to mention, I spent some time ragging on Philadelphia's atmosphere with 15,000 people. Uh, they had a really good crowd for this it, one. It, it looked fun At the there. TCF Bank. That, cold. Yeah, cold. I mean, not as cold. Last year, I think the, their first game, the 6-1 drubbing they got, was like, it was snowing. and so Against I mean, Atlanta? Which yeah. is like this one that one we would think like oh Atlanta would be the last team to be able to go into the snow and play like that. No, that didn't matter. Exciting. It didn't matter. Yeah, no, I thought the atmosphere was really cool. Uh, I hope they can continue that because I'm imagining when they get into their new stadium next year that would be a really nice atmosphere for it them. Boost for them, yeah. Their, their goal song, I don't know what it's called, but uh, I was I was like oh I like that. I can get behind this. Yeah. So it made it a little bit easier when Chicago Fire got scored on. You're like oh well, this is fun. They scored uh, a goal. They sing a song. I mean I I I was a much more general fan of the league until the Fire finally started getting better. You know it gets, it gets easier to root for the other teams when you're when your team is so bad for a long period of time. Because you know they're not going to... Anyway, going on the road... Last year, the best team on the road, Chicago... uh, Not Chicago Fire. uh, Toronto. Best team in the league. Best MLS teams of all time. Yeah. I have like a 500 record. What were they? They were like 7-2-6. On the road? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard. They were were slightly better than 500. 7-4-6. 7-4-6. Okay. Going on the road and getting a loss, getting a goal... 
I mean, yeah, you could say, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of changes here, a little bit of changes there, but I don't think it's time for panic for Chicago just yet. I don't think it's time for panic, but uh, there is a rumor out there that the Chicago Fire could be interested in bringing in Lee Wynn. Uh, I'd be in favor of this. I, they do seem to really struggle creating, and to be fair, part of that has to come to the players who are already here. Uh, Schweinsteiger misses the game because of the, the birth of his child, who will be U.S. eligible, by the way. So I look forward so to So it's a loss of the fire, but a win for the United States. Yes, yeah, so baby Schweinsteiger. This is, this is the long game here. We're playing the long game here. Uh, you know, they're missing Polster. They're obviously still missing uh, DeLue and, Sol- and uh, Mihailovic. Those are, you know, pretty good players in their own right at creating chances. Uh, so maybe it's maybe it's a panic move to bring in a Lee win, depending on what it costs. Of course, I can't imagine his value is all that high, given that he's basically holding New England hostage at this point, and they're also kind of holding him hostage. Uh, I, but that's a very short-term move. And you think about it, they brought in Chani. They have a solid three-man midfield here. Uh he would be a he, well, he would be a backup, right? Lee win. Lee win. No, Lee win would probably start. I think at that point. You'd probably move Schweinsteiger. Uh-huh, you, you could do you that, too. A, you play a diamond midfield. You, you could you play a four-man four midfield. This year. McCarty, Schweinsteiger. It's pretty cheap, have, to be fair. If you have those... Chaney. Still, but he, you could tell he has a role in this lineup, which is why he's been playing, to support Dax. Last year, a lot of times, when, especially when Schweinsteiger was out, it looked like Dax didn't have any support. Other midfielders just drifted forward. So it seems like he has a role in the team. You could play a four-man midfield, I guess, and just drop Solanak, add Lee Wynn, and play Lee Wynn in front of... Well, yeah, maybe put Lee Wynn on the left. He drifts in. Um, I think Katai was, was their creative signing. I'd be surprised if they got win. That's possible. I mean, Katai, he looks like he's trying to pick out passes. He's not in the same page as all the teammates. That takes time. I mean, that this kind of thing does take time. So I suppose we'll see. Well, uh, we'll hit up the rest of the games. D.C. United 2, Houston Dynamo 2, Luciano Acosta gets the equalizer in the 96th minute. But to me, the real story here, as we continue to bash on everybody who doesn't play uh, in front of 70,000 people every week, D.C. United had to play this one in the Maryland Soccerplex, which if you've never seen it, it holds 5,000 people generously, I'd say. And, yeah, it's weird. It's still so weird. Even now, in a league that 20 years ago, this wouldn't have even been that crazy. It's really weird to see well, that, teams. Would, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, been that yeah crazy. I'm being generous. Um, yeah. So, so they, they requested to uh, play all road games. Right, until their opening of Audi Field on July 14th. Until opening of Audi Field, which um, they haven't placed a lot of details with. Bank of California Stadium for LAFC. Oh, they're really... They're putting out the grass. They, 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 they've, de- they've relayed everything. They have all the specifics. Well, to be fair, that's also close to being done. Yeah, but it's and it's opening in April. They did give them all away games. I figured it'd be easier because then well, it's, it's April 29th yeah. instead of July 14th. However, they did. They gave them, I think it's eight road games, and then they'll get a string of home games later. Um, I think DC United will end up benefiting in the sense that I think it's like something crazy, 12 out of the last 14 games will be at home. I mean, that's It's a boost. It's I think I read something that was like, the teams that play most of their games at home at the end of the year are more likely to do better to get that late push. Yeah, so it makes sense. We just talked about how hard it is to win on the road. It stands to reason then it's easier to play at home. You may be, Yeah, exactly. So you start off maybe a little bit slow, maybe surprise people here and there on the road, but come back later. It, 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 it's crazy that they have to play there. It's, it's surprising yeah. they couldn't find like a college stadium or something that could seat. I mean, look at, look at what Minnesota did. They're playing in a college stadium. 
They did pretty well themselves. Same thing with Atlanta before they went into uh, Mercedes-Benz Arena. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the end zone things. Those are still, still kind of grind my gears. But, I mean, they have the stadium coming. you kind of you got to deal with it. you got to roll with the punches at the first mm-hmm. start. Uh, I do. DeMarcus Beasley was not a fan of this. DeMarcus Beasley says that, uh, he tweeted, Just when I thought MLS was getting better in every aspect, today's conditions were unacceptable, Beasley wrote on Twitter. From the locker room to the training room, which was just an area blocked by curtains next to the vending machines, kids volleyball going on, it was a circus. Hashtag unaccept. Unacceptable? Uh, hashtag unaccept. Is that uh, playoff that whole uh, <laughs> the Mexican newspapers? I don't. Uh, you'd have to ask Demarcus Beasley on that one. Uh, he was not happy, and I I, that, that that's that's a little rough. Uh, if I if I had to, if I had to do that playing in college, where you're just behind a curtain and if for a changing room. I'd probably be a little upset. We got locker rooms in D3 <laughs> college. This guy is getting paid to play. I was paying to play. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm with him. That would be upsetting. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Uh, we'll move on. Montreal Impact 1, Toronto FC 0, the 501 Derby goes to Montreal. Uh, the goal comes off uh, great stuff by Piatti, sets up by Jason Vargas. Uh, it's not really much more to say. I, I thought that Montreal did well with that one chance. And uh, at home, like we said, Toronto was struggling. I think maybe a hangover for Toronto from the Champions League victory. Well, I guess a vic- we'll call it a victory in Monterey. Uh, so I think Toronto's been hungover all year. I, I mean, just look at what they've done so far. They lost, they've played, what, two MLS games? Yeah, this was their second. Two losses. Yeah. At road to Montreal, which is acceptable because, you know, Montreal's going to get up for the game. The fans... In Montreal hate Toronto. Yes, they do. They're very much into it. If you haven't seen the stuff on that, go check it out. There's a lot of good stuff from this rivalry. And Montreal, I think, is a good team. They're going to be a playoff contender. Might not make it. Might be like last year, or think you know, a couple things hold them up. Um, but they lost to Tor- uh, Columbus at home. Yeah. And they won two one unconvincingly at home against Tigres. They, but they pulled it out. It was a classic. <laughs> they, they go to Monterrey, and they—I mean, it was a shoot. It was a barn burner at the end. Like, yeah, the, the thing was, the, their win at home was barely that, right? Like, it was—it was like a classic home MLS game where just things just happen to work out for you, and you happen to get the win. Uh, and um, then, that, what, what did it take to win on the road? An away goal? I mean, not an away goal, an own goal. Yeah, which was an away goal. And then a Giovinco Giovinco free kick where, you know, we always hear about, like, oh, MLS goalkeeping slash defending. Goalkeeper should have done better there. As a card-carrying member, I, he, card- he looked like he was afraid of the post there. <laughs> that's, that's all. He got his hand to it, and he okay. was standing. He wasn't diving. He was standing on his hand to it. It looks bad. I, I'm more not impressed with Toronto, but... Montreal has been solid this year despite the two losses. Well, I can tell you one thing. Uh, right over. Talking about Toronto's chances in the Champions League from this point forward, uh, as the Club America enthusiast on this podcast, I can assure you if Toronto wants to beat Club America, they're going to have to play a lot better than that because America has found their rhythm and they are dangerous. They only suffered their first loss in the league this past weekend. So watch out for that. Could be cooling down. Yeah, it could be cooling down. At the down. same it's time as Toronto's been cold. <laughs> to be fair, those games are not for a little while, though. So. Plenty of time for things to change on that front. Uh, NYCFC 2, Orlando City 0, uh, Patrick Vieira showing off his managerial skills. I'm actually, I have to say I'm pretty impressed because he's he's taken this team that originally started off as like the glamour club, Lampard, Pirlo, and David Villa, yeah. who wasn't even in this game. Maximilio Morales and Jesus Medina, they their DP spots that they've filled since the uh, departures of Pirlo and Lampard, they've done a fantastic job because those two look really good. 
Yeah, they he, he's done a good job there. And I, I hate playing at Yankee Stadium. I find it an abomination. But they're, they're a great home team again. And a struggling Orlando City team, even without Villa. Uh, I would say I would expect them to win this even without Villa. I know we put so much on him as being such an integral part of that team. Uh, but uh, Goes to show. Yeah. They, How hard you know, it Morales is was great last year. Medina's, you know, fitting in great this year. So... If you know if he had to, you know started you know phasing himself out of the out of the game, I don't think it would. You know it might hurt NYCFC a little bit. A couple wonder goals at half line, goal against the Union last year. See, but how helpful is it to be able to say, okay, you know what, we're gonna bring David Villa along slowly this year. We're gonna let him. We're gonna we're gonna sit him here. We're gonna sit him there. He do, he won't have to play in the Open Cup. Maybe you can rest him up, and by the time the playoffs come around, he's fresher. And a, a fresh David Villa come playoff time is invaluable. Yeah, it'll be bigger for them. This might be this. It's a I think NYCFC, as we see them, are probably the favorites to win the East. From what we've seen so far with Toronto struggling, listen, I feel Toronto's still probably gonna make the playoffs, right? We gotta admit that. Well, I would be Vier's stunned if they didn't. There. Yeah, and you, uh, you actually have interacted with Mr. Patrick Vieira before. Yeah, this might be an inappropriate venue to to talk about this, but. <laughs> Uh, I think, time, I think I it guess. could not be more appropriate. So, those of you who know, I uh, was a reporter about it out of the Union in Philadelphia uh, in 2016-17. And in 2016, my first year, I had, I had no experience with reporting or writing. I was an economics major, but I liked soccer. So I got into this, and, you know, the f- Union's first home game, I decided to go to the press conference, not ask a question, kind of feel it out. The second one, I was like... You know what? I can do this. And so it was against NYCFC, and the Union pulled out a 2 nothing victory. But NYCFC looked really good. They employed this uh, 4-3-3. It looked like they were going to have Pirlo as a center of attention, but he was out. And uh, their backup center defensive mid was at the time. Uh, had a good game just, you know, swinging balls out. And the way Vieira lined up ended up looking like a, a, a 2-3-5, the old, the old school. And... There was a lot of space in the channels because of it, because the midfielders of the Union weren't tracking back. And so I thought I'd be clever and go to the press conference and ask him about his tactics, because that was what I knew at the time. I didn't really know about asking good questions or about how to write to a story. I just, you know, I liked soccer tactics. So he often, you know, got that diagonal ball to his wingers, and then his attacking midfielders at the time would make runs through the channel. And they were always open, every single time. Because the wingbacks, the fullbacks of the Union would have to decide, oh, do I want to mark the wingers or the trailing run? And the center backs were obviously occupied with David Villa, both of them, at all times. That's how good he is. Every defender, I've talked to a couple defenders there, they always talk about how difficult he is to defend. So he's occupying both of them. But they really only played in the channel a couple times. So in the press conference, I raised my hand and I was like, you know, you know, you had your tactic to try to... Uh, take advantage of the wide areas, but the channels were open. Did you not really get the channels very good? And Vieira was just like, what? I, I don't understand. <laughs> and so <laughs> I tried to rephrase, and I was like, you know, it seemed like your tactics were to get the balls wide and have your midfielders run the channels and, uh, you know, take advantage of that area, but it, it just didn't seem like you guys took advantage of it enough. It was always on, but it just wasn't played. Do you think you guys could have done better there? And I could see him starting to fume at this, like, <laughs> 23-year-old snob from America questioning the great Patrick Vieira's tactics. And so he just, like, kind of, like, leaned in, looked over, he's like, what do you think? 
And I was like, I, 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 I was already kind of flustered because he didn't hear me the first time. And I had to repeat it. And I could tell I was like, oh, I'm not coming off good here. And I just kind of like sit back like, ah. Uh. I didn't know what to say. It was just like, I, I asked you. I don't know. I, I asked you, man. <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> throw me a bone here. Excuse me. Who's asking the questions here? Yeah. Yeah. I had zero confidence at the time. So I wasn't like, uh, answer the bloody question here. I, I was like, I, I, I don't know. And he, like, he stared at me for a couple seconds and then was just, like, just completely disregarded what I asked and just was like, yeah, no, we got our tactics right. We should have won the game. We were the better team. We should have blown them out. They lost 2 nothing, And they, they, did, they had their tactics. I don't think they got them right. They had it available. They didn't, I, didn't think, <laughs> well, I think if you get the tactics right, right you probably don't lose 2 nothing. Yeah, they played it right, but the, I, they had the tactics. He had his tactics right, but I don't think his team, you know, played it out. And I could tell there was just that... That look of just like absolute like malice in his eye of like who the hell do you think you are questioning my tactics, uh, which is fair, you know, in hindsight. Uh, I'm looking forward to June 30th when NYCFC come to Bridgeview, Illinois, and we can get the rematch: Vieira versus McConnell too. I'll uh, I'll, I'll get into that press conference. I don't. The thing is, the road coach press conference has died down. So the union that that year they did the road team coach would do a press conference and only like five media members were there and then the home team curtain would do it and you know the rest of the guys would show up but i always liked the visiting manager because they always had a very they weren't afraid to speak their mind especially if they lost they're always very willing to just ramp i have nothing to say it was never that right you never got a Mourinho like yeah no nothing it's over like you could you you could just ask one question about the ref and they just explode ben olsen was great he went off every single time they played there uh so Maybe I'll have to find a smaller time to get in questions with Vieira, but I don't think I'm going to ask something as daft as that. At questioning his tactics. <laughs> you're the fool that. You're the fool that asked that question. I, don't, I doubt he remembers. Maybe I mean, it was his first season. Maybe it was a chip on his shoulder. Of like <laughs> I'm going to show this little punk kid wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Atlanta United four, Vancouver Whitecaps one. A dreadful day at the office, to say the least, for Vancouver. Joseph Martinez gets a hat trick in this one. His fourth in MLS. One more will equal him with Stern John for the most hat tricks in league history. He hasn't even been here two full seasons, and he's already close to breaking that record. Now, is it not John Stern? I feel like his name is backwards. It's possible. <laughs> it is possible. Stern seems like a last name, and John seems like a first uh, first name, but, you know, you never know. Uh, either way, I think that's funny. Uh, <laughs> it might actually be Stern John. <laughs> uh, that's great. I, I'm pretty sure that's Stern. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm, I'm not doubting question. you getting I'm, it wrong. How I'm can doubting you question, how he decided. Yes, it is Stern John. He lasted, apparently he, his career, MLS career, only lasted two years. He was a Columbus Crew legend. Columbus Crew is a great franchise. Shame what happened to them. I, so here's the thing with this Atlanta-Vancouver game. He went to Nottingham Forest. So Greener he's a pastures, star, apparently. Star, yeah. Uh, that's... Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a top European team in, the, in its past. Uh, anyway, Atlanta, you know, first game of the season, we're about their 4 nothing. I think it's kind of proving that they still have the chops. Vancouver's going to be a top team in the West, at least what I see from them. Uh, so good result for them, but, you know, Vancouver's done well for themselves on the road and at home, so I don't think they should sweat it either. I, I mean, I think it really goes to show how tough it is to go to Atlanta right now. Because I tell you what, they looked... They looked pretty miserable in that first game, and now ever since then they have been putting the hurt on their opponents. Looks like a little bit of payback. Perhaps. Okay. Sporting Kansas City 3, San Jose Earthquakes 2. Uh, I'm guessing Peter Verms would prefer his team play better defense, They, but they've won twice. So, 
what are you gonna what are you gonna you know they won twice right you, the thing is he is a defensive guy right yeah so <laughs> so you would think he's probably having aneurysms on the sideline at this point but he's also scoring a lot of goals three goals and four goals seven he, total in two games yeah D- defense is something you can always you know, shore up and get better. Offense is never... I, I don't know if I agree with that. Do you want to tell Jurgen Klopp about that one? But it, it's something you can focus on and you can improve, whereas improving your offense is really tough. You have to start changing up tactics and formations, and this this way he knows that he can get goals, and it's a matter of, you know, just cleaning up. Because a lot of times the defensive mistakes are little errors here and there. Sometimes it's, you know, getting men back, getting in position, but... I'm unhappy with giving up the goals, but... He's probably content with getting two wins. You know, it's it's a results business. That's fair. Uh, Real Salt Lake won near Red Bull Zero, another Champions League hangover perhaps. It was not their strongest lineup, to say the least. Uh, the striker who was playing in place of Bradley Wright Phillips gives a cheap penalty early, and, I mean, I don't know what he's thinking on a set piece early in the game like that to be grabbing someone and drag them into the box and yes. down. That's just that's bad. So Real Salt Lake gets in the win column for the first time in 2018. Congratulations to Real Salt Lake. Uh, we always talk about going on the road, and <laughs> I become always talk about point. going on the road, and that's a tough place because the altitude. So unless you're specifically prepared for that altitude, you know, I it it's gonna, it can be tough for teams to go there, especially later in the game and and play catch up. So penalty, you did not want to give away early. Yeah. FC Dallas 3, Seattle Sounders 0, highlight of this one. Dempsey gets sent off for punching a man in the lower torso, we'll say. Uh, not, I thought it was an elbow, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I don't, I call it a, I keep calling it a punch because, like, honestly, the motion is like. He I, battered him. He, he clearly attacks the man. And honestly, if you did that to somebody in the street, I'm pretty sure you'd have to serve some time. So, uh, thank God for VAR. Yeah, right? thank goodness for the VAR. Now, if you want to talk about hangovers, Seattle. Oof. Has not been impressive at all this season. Seattle, Seattle's got work to do. But like, they didn't have Lodero. Yeah, it's true, and it shows again how reliant he is. I, you know, I can years past, and sometimes they don't get off the great stars. I expect to see them in the playoffs. They're not Let's, that different from last year's team. They uh, he brought in Magnus Wolf, Eric Akram. We'll see how he does. Um, Good for Dallas. I feel like they've been like they deserve. I feel like everyone forgot about Dallas after that Supporter Shield win two years ago. Good for them. Well, hey, Dallas had a chance to make people remember them, and then they couldn't even beat Tower from Panama. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They they don't have the problem of the the hangover. See, Club America went to Panama and like destroyed this poor team eight one on aggregate, and FC Dallas couldn't even manage to beat them in either leg. FC Dallas might struggle to make the playoffs. You heard it here first. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Uh, just uh, We talked about the Champions League, but uh, Toronto did advance to face Club America, and then the New York Red Bulls will take on Guadalajara after they dispatched of Seattle. Horrible game by Seattle. And I was really disappointed because I really wanted to see what their solution was going to be for the not having CenturyLink field available. You really want to see another game ne- like, like with D.C.? Well, they already do that, though. Well, to be fair, so does D.C. before that. I should I should probably mention, D.C., I believe, has played Open Cup games there before. And the same thing for the Sounders. They play games, Open Cup games at Starfire. And I think it has something to do with being playing at a football stadium. Well, I, the Open Cup thing... Correct might, me if I'm wrong. The Open Cup thing is probably due to the lack of attendance that they'll get. And then as the season goes on, depending on how far along you are, I would guess that the... the uh, the conflicts in venue go up as it gets warmer outside. And because the Revs play in... in uh, Gillette. For the Open Cup, they play in uh, Harvard. Yeah. 
So they, they're another one, another football stadium team that plays a different venue. I'm gonna see what Atl- interested to see what Atlanta does because they could probably still pull attendance for those games. They could probably so if pull it was an attendance. attendance issue, I mean, there's only so many open cup games, like, and you're not guaranteed to draw a home game every single time. So you might not play that many at all. Yeah. So it's true. Uh, April third and April fourth for the first legs of those semifinals. I would like to point out that uh, the Mexican media seemed to take it a little a little hard that that uh, the New York Red Bulls and Toronto were both able to advance out of the quarterfinal round. I thought it was interesting. Somebody mentioned that, I think it was Hercules Gomez on Twitter, mentioned that one of the highest-rated shows in Mexico, the host, said that MLS starts weaker goalies to uh, produce more offense and more goals. That was an interesting take. Somebody who's clearly not biased at all. But Rewind that a little bit. The MLS starts bad goalies to allow more goals. Yes. With the effect that they would also score more goals. Yes. Where do the, what do the good goalies do? They just sit on the bench? Don't they go to greener pastures, like Nottingham Forest? <laughs> like you would think, right, not anyone's good enough for that, unfortunately. Well, 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 right, you would think they would be like, all right, yeah, no, I'm going to go I'm gonna go play somewhere else. I'm going to go play. It's a, it's a ridiculous statement by somebody that clearly has an agenda against the Major League Soccer. Yeah, look at Louis, what Luis Robles did for the Red Bulls and tell me that you think that they're playing a weaker goalie to allow more goals. Nonsense. Yeah, it's nonsense. St- we'll see how that goes. Maybe this will make the uh, Liga Mackey's teams just angrier, which might not be good for the MLS I honestly teams. wouldn't be surprised if we see Liga MX teams in the final here. That would be really interesting because the two teams from Liga Mackey's that are left are the two biggest rivals in all of Mexico. And I can tell you that there's been some apathy among... Uh, teams in the past regarding the final because, you know, for so long it's been sort of a formality that a Liga Mackey's team will win it. I can tell you this right now, it would be the most televised and most watched CONCACAF Champions League final in the history of anything because those two teams hate each other so much that my own father, my own father says he hopes and he will pray that Guadalajara goes through the New York Red Bulls so that they can face off in the final because he wants nothing more, nothing would satisfy him more than to see them be able to win. Against Guadalajara. I'm with you. I hope it's highly uh, televised, but if it's Guadalajara versus Club America, I don't think the Americans will. Oh, it's going to be in Mexico only. I can Well, not in, not in Mexico. I should say in Spanish only. It will be highly, yeah. but highly I, regarded. And I'm not, I'm not even sure. Even if it's all MLS teams, I'm 90% sure it still won't make TV. But. Honestly, given how the Red Bulls have been doing, given the fact that they're facing Guadalajara instead yeah, of Yeah, that these are teams. I think they yeah. have the better chance of going through. They do. Toronto cannot play the way they did against uh, Tigres and expect to get through. But we'll see. Can't argue results, right? Absolutely true, especially in the greatest league of the world. Yes. In the world. Speaking of the greatest league in the world, it produces the greatest national team in the world. So good that they actually decided to skip out on this year's World Cup because uh, they figured, why bother, right? It's going to be too easy. The U.S. men's national team is coming back to action. In case you forgot that they still exist, they did not disband the the club. Uh, They're going to face Paraguay in North Carolina next Tuesday. Interesting uh, venue choice. I don't know that I've ever seen them play there, but it's possible I honestly just don't remember. It is interesting also as well because there have been complaints that the ticket prices are too expensive, so apparently we've learned nothing from the past failures. The roster features a lot of uncapped players making their debut for the first time. Notables uh, include Shaq Moore from Levante. He's been kind of back and forth between their reserve side and the first team this season, but he, he got some La Liga starts in December before they kind of they went out and got a replacement right back in the transfer window in January. And I, 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 you know, I'm a big believer in La Liga and what they do. I think that's the perfect place to develop American talents and not just be 
you know, cliche platitude Americans who are physical but have no ability. Fair enough. Uh, Eric Palmer Brown is in this one as well. Anthony Robinson from uh, he's on he's at Bolton, but he's on loan from Everton. So good for him. Jorge Villafaña. He hasn't been called in for a little while. He's been playing for Santos in Mexico, who, by the way, are doing quite well for themselves, and he's been starting for them. Good so for him. I feel like he got some pushback after the the, was the Gold Cup where he really didn't have the greatest performances. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I got a question for you. Eric Palmer Brown, yeah. playing in Belgium. Give a, give a wing on how to pronounce that team. With that, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> His team? Korsh? Uh, Korsh, maybe? I believe it's Kortrijk. <laughs> I believe that it's a uh, a Dutch word, in, like the Dutch side of Belgium. Oh my goodness! Uh, I'd like to point out also. Uh, I, I was trying to be smart, but I couldn't remember what team he's on loan from. It's he's actually a Manchester City player. Thank you. So the greatest team in the world. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, we have that going for us. We have, even though I'm pretty sure he'll probably never play for Manchester City, much like Mr. Jack Harrison, who also but he's English, so he's not really. That big of a concern. But at least he'll play, you know, he's getting a chance in, uh, in the Premier League on loan at Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, Marky Delgado from Toronto gets his first cap. Uh, Tim Wee, how about that? Tim Wee gets, he, get, he got some minutes for Paris Saint-Germain these past couple of weeks with the injury to Neymar, plus them trying to focus on the Champions League, led to some rotation in the offensive positions. And wouldn't you believe it, the son of the Liberian president and one of the better players of all time, <laughs> <laughs> do not forget. Do not forget. One of the better players of all time. Yeah, he's played in a lot of big, big teams. So played for the biggest teams. Yeah, the big teams. He's he's done well for himself. So Tim Wee getting a call up as he deserves. I imagine they'll want to cap him, uh, cup, uh, cap tie him as soon as possible. But that won't be for a while because the next competitive game the U.S. have will be either the Copa America, if the rumors are true that the U.S. men's national team will be making them their way to that tournament, or the Gold Cup next summer. So fun. The we're gold cup. still a little ways away from capping anybody. In a, why, why don't we just play the Gold Cup every summer? <laughs> that way the U.S. has an excuse of not making the World Cup, <laughs> along with most cop oh, So you just want to have a Gold Cup this summer? Is that an invite? Yeah, and the U.S., they don't have to deal with Mexico or Costa Rica. So they have a decent chance I'd actually like to point. I'd like to point out that they would probably still send teams. It just would be like B and C teams. It, frankly, for Mexico, it would probably be a D team. And that D team still would give the United States a problem. Probably. Now, regarding this U.S. team, I had noticed, was it, like, only seven MLS players there? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Bono. Stefan. Stefan. None on defense. All uh, players playing abroad on defense. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Adams. Adams. Good to see him get a chance. Marky Delgado. That one surprised me. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. Him and Bono actually kind of surprised me. Bono's been, see, Bono hasn't impressed me in goal, but he's had a lot of shutouts, and he's done well at Toronto. So somebody had to be called up to be the third goalie, to be fair. So that, uh, that's fine. I'm, I'm glad Stefan has. He's been good. But Delgado surprised me. Uh, Nagby, he seems like he's become kind of a mainstay for the team. Roldan, honestly, hasn't impressed me that much on the national team. Will Trap, I'm glad to see him. I yeah, good for him. After we, after I hated on him on the first podcast, I'm glad he's he's proving me wrong. So he's a far. good six. Yeah, he's fine. And he, this is how good he is. He goes very much unnoticed. Uh, and the, I think the most important thing is seeing how many youngsters uh, and first time caps are coming out there. Uh, th- I th- that's good for the U.S. And apparently they did want uh, Aaron Johansson, but he's got some kind of injury as always. So. And he, yeah, he probably wants to, you know, stay, uh, stay in Germany. And get well, that was the explanation for Pulisic, is that he just, they, they, I honestly think someone probably sat him down and said, you know what, maybe not. 
He doesn't need to play. He really doesn't need to play against Paraguay. He really doesn't. Stay in Dortmund, get yourself figured out, get the team Take some time games. off. Take some he's time played, off. He's played a lot of minutes this year. Yeah. So take some time off. Uh, and one of the, the strikers, Andrea Novakovic. I hope I said that right. Nailed it. Okay. Uh, second division. He's tearing up the second division in the Netherlands. I, I can't speak to how unimpressive that might be, but 19 goals in any league, uh, you got to get a look, right? I mean, you got to get something, but. You got to know. We have to know. He's never been capped. I honestly don't think I'd ever heard his name before this. So. It's the, 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 the famous uh, you know, thing about the Dutch football, the Dutch league, is you can't count how many goals people score there as being impressive. How many players? But this have, is the second Dutch league. So it's the better one. Yes. <laughs> but it's the worst one. They, That's they, the point. Like, they must play the better defense in the second division. Like, okay, so we might have high hopes for him. Matt Miazga. Well, Matt Miazga is a first division player. Never mind. And, but he's doing it on defense. That's right. way more impressive. Yeah. Not scoring goals, I mean, but playing. <laughs> Look at Josie Altador. Josie Altador housed the Dutch league. <laughs> and then went to Sunderland I, and couldn't get a goal. That might explain why Chelsea has has took, taken ownership of Vitesse. They figure it's a good place for their players to. It is, but it. it's... It, Listen, for every once in a while, you are going to get a good star coming out of the out of the Dutch league who is a good striker. But the second Dutch division, yeah, uh, Rubio. Yeah, hey, hey, you never know. Uh, Rubio Robin. It's been a while since he gets the call. Uh, he's playing at Club Tijuana. You may have seen him against uh, the New York Red Bulls during the Champions League. And then Bobby Wood returns to the U.S. Men's National Team. He's had a up and down season to say the least he always seems to perform for the u.s though and i guess it makes sense I, honestly at this point once you get past him i'm not sure that there were too many strikers left to call them weren't like josie Altidore in the second division of the dutch league. yeah exactly I mean, we, probably why they brought him we, in we might part. need to find more who knows we might and need. it's funny he's the second most capped player in this team second most DeAndre player Yedlin behind is, deandre Yedlin. yeah how about that the average age of this team is 23 years 84 days and 17 of them are under 24 years old my God, how old am I? Very, very. All right, ready? Let's uh, <laughs> let's move away from this sad and depressing topic and talk about another sad and depressing topic an entire continent away. Chelsea did not get the result that we, I was looking for. I'm very sad about it. It fell apart really quickly. Messi scores between Courtois' legs like four minutes into the game. And then from there, Chelsea couldn't score. And then bad defense... Bad giveaway by Fabregas. Nobody takes down Messi when I'm when I was yelling at everybody, somebody to just kick him and bring him down. Nobody does it, and then it it's ends up being a goal. Easy. It's not easy to take down Messi. It ends up being a goal for Dembele, and then Messi scores again later in the second half through the legs of Courtois again. And at this point, I was ready to see him just leave, even if I was on a free transfer. I've I've got I've since I've since recovered. I'm uh, I'm in a better place now to say that I'd rather not see Courtois be sold off. He doesn't lose you points. Let's be fair. He didn't lose them that game. I could make the argument that he may have very well shot him in the foot long before they had a chance to get themselves into the game. I will say that because look, the first goal is so brutal because there's uh, Messi may be the greatest player in the history of the sport, but at that angle, on his on that side of the goal, it, it just if he scores, it has to be. A wonder goal that will live in the highlights forever. And if he scores it, then he scores it. But you can't give him through the legs. It's, it is absolutely brutal. The second one is even worse because Messi doesn't even look up. If you go back and watch it, he doesn't look up. That tells me that in film or at some point somebody mentioned to them that, hey, Courtois doesn't do a very good job getting low. Maybe we should just start taking shots at his legs. I have to say, it looked pretty effective. 
you didn't have to know anything about Courtois to, to know that. The guy's six seven. The, the tall goalies have trouble with it. I understand that. But come on, this is supposed to be a world-class game. Honestly, if somebody shot that on David De Gea, you would never in a million years expect it to go in. He's got lightning reflexes. So here's, a, here's what I've noticed uh, from my perspective. He stands too tall when goal players are too close. And with, it's, it's not that his legs are wide, but it's that he's standing upright. And when you do that, it's so hard to get down that your only reaction is, I'm going to splay my legs out. And then once that starts happening, the ball's coming to, towards you, then you have to re-react and bring your legs back together, and it's too late. Because the legs, as we all know, are one of the slowest parts of the human body in terms of reacting. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing we that information. We all know it. Uh, it's why if you really want to, you know, peg a batter in baseball, you actually go for the legs. Not to inflict damage, but if you, have, <laughs> if you want if you want, We, we don't encourage these. hitting anybody with anything. But, but if you had if to you do had it, to, you, you go for the head, they can duck it. You go for the legs, they can't jump it. They're generally slower to react. It, so jump roping is harder than ducking on... I don't know what the opposite of jump well, roping of, is. Think about like doing it with your hands. <laughs> Pop them up and down. It's so much easier. Okay. Then again, you're not lifting up your whole body with them. And that therein lies why they're slower, because they have to control the entire body. It's something he's got to work on. Listen, he's not that old. He's you could get rid of him, but thank God you guys still have check. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, other games. United got played off the pitch by Sevilla. Emmett was right. I was wrong. Uh, horrible, by the way, by United. Just shocking. The great, the great Manchester United reduced to being played off their own theater of dreams by Sevilla. Europa League champion Sevilla. Back to back. First time ever. I mean, United also Europa League champions, so we finally got the battle of the Europa League champions, and we found out who I should was be, the best. I should be clear, first time during like the the the, the years modern, where, it the give, where, it would, where it would give you the Champions League place, I should say, because it's actually really difficult to do back-to-backs since... <laughs> you make the Champions League. Yeah, thing. exactly. It's actually really difficult. Because then you have to finish third yeah. in your group. It's not yeah. even actually that much of a good thing. Listen, yeah, I, I had Sevilla on this. United should have won it, um, but... They, Shocking. They, they were shocking. They were. And Sevilla, listen, listen, United could have could have won that game. As much as people are bashing United, Sevilla played very attacking, very positive, and in the end it's, you know, a little bit of luck is what got it to them, also the attacking play, but it's not like, you, I mean, United weren't great. The great Ben Yedder will haunt the dreams of United fans for the rest of their lives. Plugging Medill Sports Talk, where I did con- predict that Wissam Ben Yedder would surprise Manchester United. And he didn't even start. That must have been even more impressive. Yeah, and when I saw the lineup and realized he hadn't been starting the past few games, I, w- I was like, oh, oh, God, what have I done? That was, I feel like, I feel like a dummy now. And then he comes in and scores two goals, and look who's the dummy now. Yeah. Still me. Uh, Besiktas ended up with uh, a better performance than Arsenal against Bayern Munich. That will be their solace in this one. Kyle Aaron does not see the field, unfortunately, because I was really looking forward to Kyle Aaron scoring against Bayern. That would have made my week. A Canadian doing it big. Yeah. Roma advanced on away goals. Uh, I don't really have much to say other than Roma probably drew the short straw drawing Barcelona, although at this point in the Champions League there aren't exactly any favorable matchups. So we had a long straw getting shocked hard before that. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose you could have wanted to be Barcelona. Right, Barcelona. No, no, Roma PSG. got Barcelona. No, but I'm saying in the first round. No, they could have gotten. They could have gotten PSG, uh, not PSG, Bayern, who finished second in their group, or they could have gotten Real Madrid, who finished second in their group. It's true. So it wasn't like there was exactly that many good draws out there. Speaking of the draws, what, what, which one are you looking forward to the most of the quarterfinal matchups? So here's here's my thought. I think that uh, they're all going to be interesting in their own right. If you <laughs> the had a politicians chance, answer. 
They're all great. We're all great. Uh, here's what I'm going to say, if you, depending on what you want to watch, what you should look for. Real Madrid, Juve, you're going to see individual brilliance is what's going to win this series. Juve is going to defend strong. Real Madrid is going to look to get something genius out of Ronaldo or Modric or Kroos. Uh, and Juve, like they did in the past, they're going to need something brilliant out of Higuain or Dybala. So that one's going to be a tactical affair. Going to need something great from them. Barca-Roma, going to be beautiful football. Beautiful football. Uh, Roma's been playing very, very attractive soccer. Barcelona, as always. If you want a close game, that's probably not the one to watch, though. <laughs> that's going to get all the way. You'll watch good soccer. Uh, Bayern Munich, Sevilla. Yeah, maybe Sevilla will couple, claim a couple more heads in this one. Who knows? I doubt it. Probably the least interesting. The big, I think the big ticket item, though, if you know, we're really getting honest, is Liverpool-Manchester City. Uh, we saw Liverpool being one of the few teams who has actually beaten Man City this year. The only so, one in the league so far, and the only team in England, the only actually. Team, yeah. Uh, oh, that's not your Wigan. Oh, I, 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 oh man, yep, I almost disrespect. Oh, I did disres- I did disrespect Wigan. I apologize. Uh, Wigan. So, but the only other team in the league, they're the only team who's like in a real competition when City was actually looking to play their best, surprise them. So, despite what City's done, that could be one. That's probably going to be the most entertaining uh, draw back, back to back. I don't know. My opinion. What do you think? Uh, my personal pick would also be Liverpool, Manchester City, just both dynamic offenses with that time suspect defenses, Liverpool more, more so in that situation. Real Madrid and Juve will be a very good battle because it always is. Those two teams have a lot of history with each other recently in Champions League ties. Those two stand out to me. One thing I, I will mention, you talk about the big ticket item. The big ticket item here in the United States will be watched on FS2 of all channels because apparently Barcelona and Roma will will be the higher priority for Fox Sports over Liverpool Man City. Yes, that's been that's been confirmed. So, uh, my my prayers and always serious condolences to everybody who <laughs> I was looking forward to Liverpool Man City and don't get FS2, which is a lot of people, I think. So It is a lot of people. Honestly, they always struck me as a England biased. Uh, well, it makes palette. sense. They play United versus Basel over uh, what, what was it? Uh, Barcelona versus Juve well, in, the, make, in the group stage. It makes sense. Baffling. It makes sense in the sense that <laughs> it makes sense because the English teams tend to be the the higher rated ones for Fox Sports. However, apparently Barcelona in the Champions League trumps Pulls that even more. I get. I don't know. I, this bothers me just because they have options. I understand they're losing the Champions League after this season to Turner Sports, so they. I guess it's not their priority to fix this. But here's the other thing. Sevilla and Bayern is going to be on Facebook. That's that's the thing. So if Sevilla and Bayern was the big ticket game for them, I would say, what are you doing? So, but but it's, it's not. It's why not? Look, they have to have so many because I'm pretty sure their contract stated that they would get a certain amount of games on Facebook Live. Why not just do Liverpool and Man City on Facebook Live then? Because I guarantee you, you might get more people watching on Facebook Live. But does that matter to them? Getting, uh, getting I don't know. People I, onto Facebook? Clearly not. Clearly nothing matters to I'm them. I'm pretty because sure they getting put, on actual cable makes them way more money, which is why the lesser games are <sighs> going to go to Facebook. So. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, on FS2... On FS2 is gonna get them more money. My, you know, my friend has FS2. I have I've, FS2, but I'd like like I, Com- you said you didn't have FS2. I, I have FS2. I'm saying a lot of people don't. Oh. If you don't have Comcast, a lot of places don't have FS2 on my fr- Comcast. My friend's uh, parents, uh, who live in Connecticut, I've been using their accounts for HBO and FS2 <laughs> and all that great stuff. Moocher. So I'll be able to watch that game. Oh. Mooching is the key to. Well, I mean, we'll be here. <laughs> don't worry. TV access. We'll be right here. We'll be here watching the game. Yeah. 
Probably. I don't know. Maybe. I'll be somewhere. I'll be in Chicago watching the game. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere. I, I want to end on a positive note for myself. So Chelsea did advance in the FA Cup against Leicester City. They drew Southampton in the semifinal. Thank you. Thank you. Well um, done, Chelsea. Yes, well Master done. Masterclass In extra time, absolutely incredible game to watch. Beating the great Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy, who I have to say I'm, I'm oh, so impressed because that guy is, he was making runs behind the back line. And he looked like he was one of the fastest players on the field in extra time. So my, my hat's off to him because I don't know how he does that. He always scores against top six teams. He does it again. Yes, he's remarkable, but not remarkable enough. Chelsea will face Southampton in the semifinals, and then the other that's semifinal. The, that's the good draw for them, isn't yes, it? Yes, because the other semifinal, Manchester United and Tottenham. So the FA Cup final, presumably Chelsea will be able to beat Southampton, but who knows? Anything can happen. Let's ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. That's not gonna you, prediction, maybe, but don't yeah. you know? Chelsea should be able to get past Southampton, and then they'll have to either face Mourinho or they'll have to face Tottenham. Uh, oh I have no, I have no preference. Either I, way, either one will be a satisfying victory. The difference is you'd be playing at Tottenham's home field at Wembley. Oh, please. Whereas United would have to come into Chelsea's home city at, in London to, to play. Maybe it could make a difference. I doubt it. It could. The big Wembley games are different. They're just different. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's close this thing out. It's an international weekend, which means less, well, less watchable soccer, I would think. Here on TV in the States. Hey, international break. Yeah. I'm saying it right I, now. I, I kind of wish it would have been this weekend with the NCAA tournament. It would have made watching the tournament a lot easier because I was watching Chelsea and Leicester City at the same time I was watching, um, uh, was it Syracuse, Michigan State? Maybe. One of those, one of the games. They all blend together. They, the days are blending together and it was only yesterday. You know, I only remember the last whatever the first, Whatever the first tournament way. game was yesterday, I was watching that at the same time as the Chelsea game. And at the end... Now that's dedication. It was dedication. The games come out of the wire. It's ridiculous. So uh, I would have preferred the international weekend to be this past weekend. Uh, still some good friendlies, though. Friday, you got Germany and Spain, the Netherlands and England, Argentina and Italy, France, Colombia, and, of course, Mexico-Iceland, the marquee matchup of any night. I think it's like a 9.30 central kick. That should be good. My God, of all the picks, that's your marquee. Oh, yes, yes. And Saturday, Saturday, and because MLS loves to break the rules, there are six games this weekend in MLS. Uh, I did not pick a matchup that I'm looking forward to because I simply refuse I, out of principle, will pick none of them, and actually none of them look attractive anyway. So, Do I have a, do I have a little bit of time for a rant here? You do whatever you want. This bye week stuff has gotten to me. Well, but this isn't I a bye week. This is the international break. Like, everybody should be off this week. Except for six teams. But what happened? Well, six games. Twelve. Sorry, 12 teams. But it, they, it, I, To be fair, I, I, I'll let you rant, I promise. I just I want, I want to mention that I'm pretty sure it's been established that MLS teams have the option to, if they don't want to play on the international weekend, they simply tell MLS they don't, and then they don't play. But that means an extra game midweek. Later on. It's a midweek game. So, so yeah, so here's exactly the problem, right? If you have international players, you're missing them. So I can think of, um, you know, just the union off the top of my head. You lose Medunian into Bosnia, Blake to Jamaica, and Borek, Borek Doshkal to uh, Czech Republic. That's right, I nailed that pronunciation. pronunciation I like it. It's, it's crazy because, with, as, I'm talking about bye week specifically, because this is two weeks off for a lot of teams. And that means they have to make up games later in the year. Or you have to attack weeks later on. It, it's crazy to me that teams have only played, are only going to have played two games. A lot of teams have only played two games so far this season. And it's going to be a month in. I get the international break thing, but with, with the buys, I, I kind of see them, it, it's going to pick up, it's going to catch up to teams. It's just, I, 
It's one of those things where I don't look past one week generally for games. I'm not looking two weeks ahead. <laughs> and so you watch your team play, and you say, or any team, and you, I can't wait to see, watch them next week. Guess what? That team always has a bye. And then I have to be struck, stuck. And the thing is, here's, you're not just missing one week, right? Because you miss one week if it's a game every week. It's six days between. Now you have to wait 13 days until your next game. Am I having two weeks off? Now you have to do double that. So it's like a 20-day 20 uh, 20 break. It's crazy. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I, I do agree that the bye weeks were getting out of hand a little bit. I don't understand why we have to have so many teams on bye to start it's like off. five teams have a bye. But I have good news. As a quick glance at yes, my ca- at my MLS calendar shows me that there is a, f- uh, after the international break, March 30th, there is a Friday matchup. I'm, I'm still not sure why. Toronto's hosting Real Salt Lake on a Friday, but they are. And then there are not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, but ten. Ten MLS games Saturday, March 31st. So every team will be in action except for one, and I couldn't figure out exactly which one is going to sit Thank that weekend. Thank God. That's how the bye week's supposed to be done. <laughs> so one team will miss out on all the action, but I think it's fair. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes, NYCFC, is uh, national TV that Saturday on ESPN2, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, oh, also, I almost forgot. It's also the first ever, well, relatively speaking, the first ever L.A. Derby, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox. I feel like you almost forgot Chivas for a second. Right? I didn't almost forget. I was, just, I was trying to be yeah. <laughs> fair. Real no Los one Angeles. cares. Not Chivas United. Teams that have Los Angeles. So actually, you can get three uh, national TV games if you can stomach either listening to the English commentators on Univision or if you enjoy watching in Spanish like I do. 1 p.m. Eastern, Orlando City, New York Red Bulls. I think we all like hearing a nice little long goal call. So It's, it's great, I have it's, to say. It's part of the game. That's good to hear. Because it's, they don't want to end on a dour note of me complaining about the bye weeks. So there's hope. Uh, but it's it's almost like the... Here's the thing that's gotten to me. It almost feels like they're like toying in front of like, Oh, the season's starting, but you've only played two games in the first month. So... Should be fun. It's, it's, it's going to pick up. And it's, I'm glad to hear that it's coming up soon. Yes. Uh, yes. So Just have to get through this international weekend yeah. and be reminded all week long that the U.S. isn't going to the World Cup. And we're apparently also not getting the World Cup in 2026 because reasons. Well, Chicago's not getting it. Well, no, I'm 90% sure. I'm starting to see a trend here, and I think Morocco's going to end up with this World Cup. But here's the thing is that the U.S. has, um, you know, they have other, they have plenty of places. And if they joint bid, I'm not they saying... have to drop out certain places. Because they had what? They had like 33 cities yeah. available. I'm not saying that this, is gonna, this isn't going to happen because the cities are dropping. I'm saying that there might be a, a hidden trend here because... FIFA is apparently asking them to drop the labor laws, which seems ridiculous to me. They all slave labor, of course. Yeah, that's nonsense. So I'm not even sure that would even fly legally in this country. Like, if they accepted the bid and Congress was like, wait, wait a minute, we're not agreeing to this. What? Good for U.S. Don't stand up to FIFA's nonsense. Yeah, they're taking, I don't know, this is ridiculous. Might not be good for American soccer in the law, you know. It's not good for me. I wanted to go. I want to watch a game. <laughs> I wanted to go. No, uh, I'm with you. It would that sounds nice. like a petulant. <laughs> it would That's be fine. nice to see it. Uh, then again, I'm sure there's some people in the dark closet in Morocco talking about how much they want to see games. So uh, I'm actually surprised they have enough stadiums to fit the qualifications. I'm 90% honestly. sure they don't, and they're going to have to promise to build them all. That's the big thing, why the U.S. should be more... The, not even the U.S. FIFA should be more willing to give it to the U.S. because they have the stadiums already as yeah. opposed to you needing slave labor like in Qatar to build. All these stadiums that are going to 
guarantee you're going to see some sort of like Sports Illustrated or New York Times uh, long form piece about how the stadiums in Qatar have gone to disuse after the World Cup. I'm sure they will, just like they did in poor Brazil, and just like they, I think they have in uh, South Africa as well, in many places. Yes, they have. So we'll see. All right, but that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week for more. So long.